0: Hey friends, this is your friendly spoiler alert. If you are still in season one, please stop now or forever hold your tweets.
1: We're trying to entangle the jingle from the jangle. It's easy if you listen with your heart. Singing la la la. la.
0: Hey gang, welcome to The Real Housewives of Riverdale, the podcast where grown-ass adults take sexy teen murder mysteries just as seriously as you do. I'm your host, I'm your host, (laughs) I'm your host, Cherie, and joining me today is our old friend Ashley Johnson. Hi! Um, So today we're recapping Season 2, Episode 14, Chapter 17, The Hills Have Eyes. So, that's a reference to a scary movie that I know
1: nothing about because I don't do scary movies. It is terrifying. Like, whenever we... We did a road trip. Like, oh, my gosh. This was probably three or four years ago. And we went through... we're going to Reno, so we went through the mm-hmm. desert, and that's where basically the hills have eyes is based at. Like mm-hmm. that's where it's the movie is. I was like hardcore freaking out and looking all around <laughs> to make sure that nobody was going to try to like bust our tires or something, oh, no. and then kill us and rape us and everything. So just be glad you've never seen it. I've seen okay. it one time and it gave me nightmares. Okay, yeah, I have zero plans to do so. <laughs> yeah, don't watch that movie. <laughs> okay, so since um, I only
0: have Ashley for like. 50 minutes today and I'm out of town tomorrow and she can't do it tomorrow, oh. but like we definitely can't do it because mm-hmm. I'll be in Austin tomorrow Um we're gonna start with segments because that's her fave part. It and is, then, and then we'll move into recaps and we'll just go as far as we can. And then whatever we don't get to, I'll I'll try to do after work today.
1: And I will try to express my facial expressions into <laughs> words. So whenever, but that way you guys can kind of pretend to see what my facial lo- looks like because it's it's there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, we
0: we both talk with our faces and our hands, so it's great that we're doing an audio format. <laughs> it's like what are they doing? I don't understand. <laughs> right. So smart. Okay. So, um, for the most Archie comic moment, this episode, there wasn't a lot cause they were mostly in the woods. So mm-hmm. and the only thing I could think of is the very brief moment of Kevin, Moose and Midget Pops. Yes because, like, the props were there. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, but it's it was such a deviation. And I don't think we saw a Jughead eat even once. I know, which is weird. That's his whole shtick in the comics, is mm-hmm. that he always has a cheeseburger in his hand. And I don't think Homie ate a single
1: time. I don't think any of the main characters ate at all. Like, they were drinking those drinks that Veronica made. Which looked very good, by the way. I'm not gonna lie. Well, I thought that sounded disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded really good. I was like, I want one of those. But they were drinking, but I don't remember them eating at all. Yeah. Like, this was not a food episode. No. I was thoroughly disappointed. It was not one where Sh- Sheree could go on that camping trip, because I'd be like, where are the s'mores? Where's the popcorn? Where's the hot dogs? Mm-hmm. Pretty much. You can't go camping without s'mores. That's like a law.
0: Yeah. Well, and also, I don't go camping. So. Well, uh, <laughs> I do. I, I, like, my thing is, I mean, I would go camping at Lodge Lodge, but I, I would, like, my husband likes to go in a tent and stuff. Yeah, that's, that's camping. Yeah, no, I work really fucking hard to pay for my house and electricity, I'm not going to pretend to be homeless. No offense to the homeless people out there
1: who listen to podcasts, but like, (laughs) it's not my jam. No, my mom does camping and she cheats. She'll have it like, um, so, we own a little bit of property, and my, my dad has a cabin, sort of mm-hmm. like Lodge Lodge, but not that nice. There's, <laughs> not a mansion in the woods. No. <laughs> uh, but there is a... They do a generator, so they do have electricity, and there's oh, nice. a little bit of running water. So, that's what my mom considers camping, and I'm mm-hmm. like, you're cheating. That's not how it's done. Yeah. But I do prefer that type of camping mm-hmm. over the tent with no toilet. Yeah, no. I'm not a big fan of popping a squat. I'll do it if I got to, but I don't want right. to. I don't think I've done it since I
0: was, like, seven years old. I will give myself straight-up kidney disease before... Okay. <laughs> I last to, time like, I popped a squat a was in
1: high school when it because we got we just got back from a basketball game. Mm-hmm. And the doors were locked. And I don't know what in the hell our coach was doing. But he was taking his own sweet time. And I was about to piss myself. So, I just ran to the back of the gym and relieved myself. <laughs> and that was the last time I did it. Well, that's fine. I mean, I can see it. Like,
0: especially in high school, I'd rather pop a squat somewhere hidden than pee my pants.
1: Because Those were my choices. Right. So it was either you go behind, you take the napkin. And you go behind the gym <laughs> and you relieve yourself or you embarrass yourself and ruin your, um, oh my God, it's not your outfit. Your uniform? Yes, there you go. (laughs) Uh, Ruin that and have everybody make fun of you for the rest of your career in school. So I was like, no, I'm just going to go back here. (laughs) It's fine. (laughs) It's fine.
0: I still remember when a girl named Haley Peter Pants in seventh grade. So like. And you will forever remember that. I mean, that's like, that is a memory that will never. Right. And not like in a make fun of her way. I just will always remember that in like, should we ever cross paths? Again, I'm going to be like Haley Simpson, Peter Pants. Sorry, Haley Simpson. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm there's a million Haley Simpsons I hope out there in the world but um but the one that happened to be in my seventh grade science class she'll know exactly you're talking about it. her yeah
1: sorry girl like that's me thank you
0: <laughs> I don't know if she's like is even around anymore mm. um okay so for the best blossom burn I'm just saying like Cheryl's entire phone call to
1: Jughead <laughs> Oh my god! Like when she did that, I was like, "Bitch!" I was like, "Yes, no, yes, no." I was flat out like, like I was, I was like, literally, I was sitting there, and whenever she did that out, my jaw dropped, and I just yelled out, "Bitch!" I was like, "I cannot believe she did that." But then again, it's Cheryl Blossom. It's Cheryl Blossom, of course. She she did you it. know it's gonna come. I mean, she know you're gonna do it, right? But it was just like, oh, we have been waiting.
0: Since December 9th for her to do that. And And she finally
1: did it. She did it. And she called him a welfare baby. (laughs) I know. That, when she said Um, that, I was like, oh. Too cold. Too cold. That was, that was, that was good, but that was, was, ow, damn. That was a, that was a little rough. That little, (laughs) mm. Um, oh no! I lost my thing. There was a there was a little bit of fire on that burn. Y-
0: yes, <laughs> that was that was a Cheryl burn for the ages. Oh my god, that was awesome! It, but it, yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> I love her so much. Okay, so uh, for good, bad, funnies,
1: did you have a, a particular good for this episode? I'm trying to think, there was. I like the part where, whenever Jug or never... Yeah, Jughead and Veronica kissed. Mm-hmm. I did like that because his whole spiel was it. and Betty was just like, no, nah, whatever. And, and Archie, Archie is squirming yes. in the hot tub. Well, Betty looked like she was turned on. She, A little she, bit. Like, she licked that margarita
0: glass and had her knee cocked up and I was like, uh, is she, like, going to start touching herself right <laughs> here? Because this is getting very weird. Yes. But yeah, Archie wanted to die right mm-hmm. then and there. Right
1: then and there. I thought I liked that one. Yeah, that was
0: really good. Um so I really like, I said, I just said that like, I liked everything. This was a really good episode.
1: Um, I love all the sexual tension oh my gosh you could like, cut that with a knife and I the know. fact what crap okay this is the funny part that I absolutely loved whenever Betty and Jughead were on the bed and she goes Tim is that all they like they're for everything? everything or can't they just have a conversation whenever he said that I was laughing so hard I was like oh my gosh it's like it's a bunch of horny teenagers right out in the woods what do you think they're right. gonna do you're at a literal fuck cabin <laughs> like come on now yeah
0: um and I liked um, the total B plot of Moose and Cheryl's, like figuring out their own way of dealing with their truths. Yes. So I like we've seen Moose struggle with it, and he's still struggling with it, and that's very true, I think, to a lot of closeted people. Mm-hmm. And Cheryl came out to like Tony. To Tony of all people. Um, whom she hasn't met is on, like, the opposite side of, like, you know, the whole Blackboard Jungle episode and... Mm -hmm.
1: I'm, I'm excited. I'm down for Choni. I think, th- I think they are, they are going to get together. Yeah, yeah And yeah. I was very excited that she finally, like, because to see the real Cheryl, mm-hmm. it's very few and far between. Like, you yeah. don't really ever get to see that no. part of her. So, the fact that she was able to open up and finally, we all knew it was coming. Right. She finally let it out. Yes. And I was, so like, I felt like a, sh- a weight got lifted off of my shoulder. Right. <laughs> so, I know it had to feel good for her, but I, I I did like that scene and I'm sitting here going, yes, Choni is happening. Yes. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> so here for it. Um, okay. So do you have a bad? Um, I was not a fan of the whole breaking into the house, but yeah. I did like how they all handled it and uh-huh. you know, how they all were able to hold their composure. Right. Um, was not a fan of Archie running after the guy.
0: Yeah. I didn't like that. I thought it was like it was good TV, mm-hmm. but it scared me. That was a stupid move.
1: Yes, well, that's such an Archie move. I know.
0: God bless him. Um, and even Jughead calls him stupid mm-hmm. <laughs> at one point, and I, I loved it. <laughs> I was like finally. Um, okay, so I have two bads. One is that it was a forty-two minute commercial for Greg Berlanti's movie Love Simon, and while I really want to see that movie, it was very heavy-handed, and. It, like, it took me out of a lot of the, Mm
1: -hmm. the,
0: like, fantasy of being in Riverdale, you know? Yeah. Um, two... Is just, I mean, like, it made for good TV and everything, but Archie was such a tool to Veronica for kissing Jughead
1: when she has been nothing but chill about yes, him kissing Betty. and very understanding. She knew the whole situation, and, and like I said before, I under, whenever Jughead gave that speech, uh-huh. it made sense. Right. Because then that's something that neither one of them could hold over their significant other because they did the exact same thing. Right. The only difference is they did it in front of uh-huh. them. Yeah. So, they knew all of it in Veronica. <laughs> she acted when she was done. That part cracked me up because she knew her shit didn't stink. Right. And I was like, that's awesome. I mean, that's a girl that is completely comfortable in her own oh, skin. Man. I love her and I admire her for that. And I wish I was that badass. I'm not yeah. going to Oh, lie. my God. Yes.
0: There, like... There is not even, like, as much confidence as she
1: has in her pinky finger in my entire body. I know. It's insane. It's like... It's like that movie with Amy Schumer where she, like, there's nothing that changes, but then she wakes up and she's like, oh, yeah, my shit don't stink. And before she's, like, up... Upso- like, it, I, I don't know if it's out yet, but I've seen oh. the previews where she's, like, okay. very subconscious and she's trying to, like, change the way she looks and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then she slips and falls and hurts her head or something, and then she's like... I don't need to change. I'm hot, and I'm like every girl needs to be yes. just like that. I, yes. Every girl needs to have that confidence. Yes, and I completely admire both of those ladies Absolutely. for that.
0: Yes. Okay, so for funny, um, I just
1: put Archie and Betty's
0: respective reactions to the bug head kiss. <laughs> I just laughed and laughed, <laughs> just over yeah. and over again. Yeah. Um, okay, so for did you have anything else for funny?
1: Uh, just that part where, whenever they're making fun of Archie and Veronica <laughs> yeah. solving everything with sex, <laughs> sex because that's how that happens right. and in some relationships that is how that goes I mean everybody has their own love language Theirs is just sex. Yes. I would have 84 children if that was mine. Yes. And
0: I don't. So. I mean, it's
1: fun, but dear God. I mean, can you have a conversation first?
0: Right. Yeah. And, and like, I'm too lazy. <laughs> I'm like, I don't... I, like, I just put this bra on. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about you. <laughs> okay. Um, for changes... Um, okay, so for for my changes if I were in the writer's room, like, they had this whole big scene at the Bijou. They made a point to show Chick in his Bijou uniform at the beginning, but did not put him in the scene at the Bijou. I know. That's kind of what I was thinking. Like, I don't know if I missed it because I was taking notes, but, like, they could have had him give Cheryl her cherry Coke and be creepy about it, you know? Like, it... (laughs) I was like when when we saw him in in his like polo shirt and we knew that there was gonna be all this love time and shit. Um Beep. is looking awfully dapper. What is his deal today? Got his hat and his blazer. I mean it, he's still Beep. <laughs> like, he's, But for him <laughs> he's he's very fancy fied today. Um He's combing all four of his hairs. <laughs> I was thinking that.
1: <laughs> oh. Please cut this out. <laughs> As if he's going to listen to it. But still cut so it out. I'll, I'll redact
0: his name. <laughs> um, oh, gosh. Okay, so. Anyway, I just thought it was dumb that he wasn't there at the Bijou when, like, his whole thing is he works at the Bijou now. I know, and, like, I don't, I don't get it. (sighs) Anyway, we didn't even see Ben. And he, like, runs the whatever (laughs) he gave Chick his job after presumably giving him a blowjob. I don't know. I mean, the job interview was in Chick's room and he came down with, in a robe and a glass of milk like a creep. Um... Okay, so, for theories, um, I, I think that one of the other guys in the bad guy crew was the actual Black Hood. Hmm. I just, like, it's probably not gonna come true, but I could see it happening.
1: My theory was that all those guys that were at the store, including the one inside the store, those were the ones that did that. Well,
0: yeah, I mean, it was obviously Cassidy, but I just thought... I don't know, because they all have, like, the plaid and the jackets, and I was like, I wonder if one of these is, like, not a hillbilly and is the real Black what Hood. What if Hiram Lodge hired the Black Hood? Oh, I, yeah. I think that's a definite possibility, that Hiram Lodge hired the Black Hood, and I think he could have put these kids up to it, too. Yeah, he probably To, to test Archie.
1: Because mm-hmm.
0: we didn't see Andre shoot the guy. We just heard it. So, we don't know that he's dead. He could be...
1: Working Working. for Hiram. Yeah,
0: Audrey could have shot straight into the air. We don't know.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: I also am not sure Hiram will survive this season, because I don't know how long they can drag out this um, tortured Archie in the Mafia thing. I don't know. I mean, it hasn't been picked up for season three yet, so that's not really a concern but even still
1: good whenever season two is almost over we have seven more episodes
0: but so March 7th was the date that they got renewed for season two last year so I really thought they would come out with something yesterday but we haven't heard yet but I mean it's like it's the CW's cash cow right now like yeah I mean the entire line at Hot Topic there's Eight bazillion
1: podcasts for it. Mm -hmm.
0: I mean, it like
1: if they don't renew it, they'd be stupid. Yes, the the only way I could see them not renewing it is if it goes to Netflix. Which Solly. I would be totally okay yes. with. Because then I can binge the whole damn thing and I don't have right. to wait. Right. And it is... It is much better binged. Like... Yes.
0: It is still so much is a, easier is, to watch. It
1: is a definite binge-worthy show. Like, there are some shows that are better on TV. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And then there's some that are better to binge. And this is one that you need to binge. Right. Mm-hmm. And, like... I love it because I can watch the entire season in, like, a weekend. Yeah. And I don't have to wait till the next week to see what the hell happens. Right. but And that's one well, thing I and, hate about TV. But. And all the hiatuses and just commercial breaks. Yes, and it's stupid. I mean, like, it's a 60-minute show, but there's really only 42 minutes. 42 minutes, yep. Yeah.
0: Okay, so for Sabrina news, I couldn't find any news since I recorded a couple of weeks ago for Chapter 7 when they, like, in one week they casted a whole shit ton of people. They got the ants, they got the teacher, they got, um, her cousin and, like, uh, the f- minister or something, um, but... I imagine production will be starting soon because I read something a while ago that said it was slated to start production in February and it's March, but I'm pretty sure it hasn't happened yet because I feel like they we just would... just now con- casted people. Yeah. We would see, like, tech scouting and stuff. I don't, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I haven't heard anything. Nobody sent me anything. Are they doing a
1: Salem for this series or yes, no? Okay. Yes. Okay. Is Salem. it, they going to be, like, an actual cat that talks or are we not doing that? I, I think so. Okay.
0: I think it'll be probably a lot more sophisticated than a uh, sailor from when we were kids. Well, of but course it's
1: going to, yeah, but I don't it's know. It's not going to be a robotic, ro- robotic, robotic cat. Like,
0: animatronic. Yeah. Yeah. I, I loved him though. Um, okay. So for the skeet dad corner, since the Oscars were just a few days ago and our girl Camila Mendez, who plays Veronica, who's also going to be in Austin this weekend and I just really hope we run into each other. (laughs) If you do take a picture. Uh, Yeah, but I have to like... Have to keep my chill because it's gonna be super weird if I'm not a teenager and I freak out when I see mm-hmm. her and she's like, Who's this lady? <laughs>
1: That's like crying. Well, I've already told John, like, okay, so I'm a big supernatural fan. I'm uh-huh. pretty sure I told you this. Yeah. Well, they have their own brewery called the Family Business mm-hmm. Beer Company. Yeah. And I've told John, I said I really want to go down to Austin and go down there because oh, yeah, they yeah. are there all the time. Like anytime it's open they like her, don't they? Yes. Jensen Ackles and Jerry Palateke will just like walk in and have a beer and just like walk around and visit with people. And I told John, I said, I swear to God of Jensen Axel, if either one of those boys uh-huh. comes in there, I'm liable to have a freaking heart attack, calm myself down and then take a picture.
0: Yeah. I, so we were, so this weekend is, is the first weekend of South by Southwest and that's oh, kind that's right. that's kind of why everything is there. Um, she's there to promote a movie because this, this week is, um, is the film section and then next week will be the music um we're going because pod save america and love it or leave it are there and we got tickets and it's our anniversary on saturday um but she's there promoting a movie um where was i going with this south by southwest movie stuffing oh oh so when we we lived in austin for a few years um before we we got married and stuff, and our first year there, we went to we we just went down there. We didn't have tickets to anything, but there was a free show um, for. This is really embarrassing, but Jackson Rathbone, who played Jasper in Twilight, at <laughs> the band, and they had a free show. So <laughs> we went to that, um, and I I bumped into him. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, he's very short. I was just saying is he is cute in person? He, as he is, is in the show. He is adorable. He is sexy as hell, but he is, like, five feet tall. Um, probably five, six. I don't know, but not, not sexception list worthy, Mm -hmm. but, um, but very cute. But, while we were just walking around 6th Street, I saw Sean Lennon, who is John and Yoko's son, and I lost my shit. (laughs) Like like, that was, that's a step away from royalty. Uh, yeah. Like, so I, like, I totally lost my cool, and I'm trying to be, like, cool about taking a picture of him, and, like, I have, like, one really fuzzy picture, but he could tell that, like, (laughs) I was, like, trying to paparazzi take a picture. I just Mm -hmm. wanted to be, like, I shared the same air (laughs) with, with somebody who has John Lennon's DNA.
1: Yeah. Like, that's kind of how I know this is like totally not even the same thing. But you remember when Jewel used to live here? Yes. I actually ran into her when I worked at Sally's. Uh huh. And I was like, oh my gosh, what is that lady wearing? Because it was like a romper thing. Uh huh. And I was like, uh, whatever. She's like five two. She's really yes. tiny. Yes, she is very tiny. And so then whenever she went, and then I realized who she was. I was like, holy shit, Jewel is in Sally's. Yeah. Buying shit. What the hell? Yeah. And so then we went actually. I actually went up there because the girl that I worked with she was a bigger fan than I was Uh I thought I was a fan no checked her out and it was totally cool was able to hold my cool and the second she left I was like all giddy and like oh my god (laughs) (laughs) I saw her when I worked at Walmart once (laughs) oh dude we we took her receipt and blacked everything out Uh and then we made a copy of it and stuck it on the wall like jewel shopped at Sally's I'm awesome. not even kidding. We, yeah. like, blacked all the information out and then kept her signature mm-hmm. where it said Sally's and the date and then her signature, oh. and that's what we kept.
0: Uh, speaking of, so her, when she was married to Ty Murray, they had that, like, rodeo show. Mm-hmm. Um Vanilla Ice was there, and I saw him at Walmart I was, when I was working
1: there. <laughs> I was, it was, my sister and I were together, and, which is very rare, but we were <laughs> in Walmart, and we saw Vanilla, it was him and that, um, Baldwin guy. Oh, is, was it Stephen? Yes. They were together, and they were shopping for something and then we were walking and I was looking at him like that looks like vanilla ice and he comes up to me and he goes I'm sorry ma'am do you know where the bug spray is and I'm like back that way and I looked at my sister and I said that was vanilla ice wasn't it she goes "Uh (laughs) uh-huh I was like vanilla ice just touched me and talked to me and she goes "Uh uh-huh because she had her mouth open the entire time like holy oh, fucking yeah. shit. It's Vanilla Ice. He's walking up to us and Baldwin was with him mm-hmm. and whenever they turned around they walked away and we've realized it. I was like, I went home and I ca- I talked to my mom and I was like, um, so I just met one of the Baldwin brothers and she goes, wait which one because <laughs> we didn't know that they were here yeah we, we didn't know any of that and then when I told her she's like oh it's just him it's fine she yeah, was it's like Stephen he's crazy Alec oh yeah I would have lost my shit right I used to have yeah. the biggest crush on him whenever he did that um, back when he was hot back when he was hot <laughs> but there was that movie that he did the shadow or something
0: oh shit I don't know I um, can't remember I remember hot Alec Baldwin, but I can't think he of anything. Was so pretty. Off the top of my head, yes. Ugh. God. So no, Now he's a creep. But, um, okay, so <laughs> we have 30 minutes, and we all have done in segments. But in other Instagram... Oh, I didn't even say, I didn't even say, like, my skeet news, my skeet gram corner. So, anyway, Camila Mendez, who plays Veronica, she got to go to the Vanity Fair, or Vanity Flare <laughs> party, <laughs> because, of course, she did. Um, and... So I'm using the picture that she posted of her beautiful Armani dress. Mm-hmm. It was gorgeous. Um, Askeet's comment on her picture was very sweet, and it, it says quote so beautiful two exclamation points so great to see you offset this weekend and then like the praise hands emoji mm-hmm. um, because him and his daughter were also at the Vanity Flare party. I'm not gonna call it Vanity Fair
1: anymore, it's Vanity Flair. That's fine, That's fine.
0: Um, I guess they didn't get invited to the Elton John party so she didn't have like that impossible situation. <laughs> so the outsiders, but, um, but anyway. Mood is like that his comments, uh, especially on, like, the young girl's post can be uplifting and kind without being gross and pervy. Like, you can tell, like, he's a dad and a dad to a young lady, so, like, he can tell you you're beautiful without it sounding, like, Creeper, yeah, like, gross, um, but in other Instagram news. So, in the last two weeks, the Instagram account that the CW has set up to be from Kevin's point of view at the Kevinth Wonder, and this is so lame, but he's posted two different things. And, of course, I've commented two different things because I think I'm so funny. And um, both times he responded. quote-unquote Kevin responded um so last week they posted like a boomerang with and it's supposed to be Casey Cott's hand um rolling some dungeon and dragon's eye dice and the caption said it's a role-playing kind of night so I took his line from the Wicked and the Divine and asked is there a dress code for such occasion and Kevin (laughs) responded with jammies duh yeah yeah (laughs) yeah <laughs> so Ashley just pulled it up. <laughs> um so then yesterday um they posted a selfie of Kevin and Josie outside Pops like right before she um told him that their parents were banging and his caption read She said I couldn't be a pussycat. So I commented, Kevin is a strong independent woman who don't need no pussycat, and then like the male hand flip emoji. Um and like it wasn't even that long after he he, you know, the intern at the CW <laughs> responded with I I love this pep talk so I'm Muppet flailed for like 20 minutes and I know that Kevin is a fictional character and he's not doing it and it's not Casey Cott he has he has said many times he has nothing to do with the account but I still fangirled real hard both times
1: I'm trying to find if he did it like where the other one is I don't know. I just saw yours, and I, I like how you told him, dude, check out my...
0: In, well, and I got, podcast. okay, so after he responded last night, I, um, I didn't at him, but I replied to my comment and said, so if y'all want to listen to a grown-ass woman fangirl real hard that, because I got a response, um, check out my podcast, Real Housewives of Riverdale, and I got, like, 19 downloads in an hour, so... There you go. Yeah, I guess it. I guess it worked. But anyway, that was just kind of my cool news for the week. Um, it, it, like it means nothing, but it was super exciting to me. Okay, so we've got uh, twenty minutes or so to to recap. Um, the episode starts at the Cooper house dining room while Betty struggles with having to share her house with Chick, who's acting like a real annoying brother when he's lived there for, like, five minutes. He's so creepy. And he's only succeeded in getting them into a huge mess. Like, that's all he's done. And he is acting like, this is my house now, bitch, when, like, mm-hmm. you've been here for five minutes, you have killed somebody in our house, and we've had to clean it up for you, and you're acting like you're cock of the fucking walk. Like, it's so dumb. Um, at Thistle House, Penelope and Cheryl fight about Hal. Like, ladies, he is so not worth it. Mm-mm. Um, and Penelope is just awful to Cheryl. She is. I wanted to, like, slap her. Like, more so than usual. Like, that was... That was uh, bad, even for Penelope. It was below the belt, I it, feel like. It was beyond abusive. Um, at the Pembroke, Hiram tells his 15-year-old daughter and her boyfriend that they can have a romantic getaway at their yeah,
1: lake house. Yeah, did anybody else's, like, mouth drop on that part? Because yes. I was like, what are you doing? Like... Okay,
0: yeah, so, leading up to this episode, after only having seen the trailers and stuff, I was like, what fucking sophomores go on a couple's retreat? And, <laughs> I mean, like... And their dad be okay with it. Yeah. Yeah, And I was like, well, surely they lied to their parents and said they're sleeping over at each other's houses or something, right? No. no. Hiram fucking sends them. And I was, yeah, I was, I was totally taken aback when that happened, um...
1: Now that kind of sends the wrong message, I feel like, too. Because I don't think that a father, or any parent for that matter, should condone that. Uh, yeah. At that age. Right. I mean, like, you can be, like, supportive of them, like, having,
0: you know, owning their agency and owning their own body and making their choices and whatever. Which but is fine. You're not going to bankroll them potentially getting pregnant. Like, you're not going to encourage, like...
1: I say that type of behavior, but at the same point, you know, I'm okay. Like, I'm not really okay, but (laughs) I feel like you're a kid. You're naive. Yeah. Like, you're, this is so going to come out wrong. You're stupid and you're dumb. Well, yeah. You need to grow up a little bit. You're not an adult. You don't need to treat your your 15, 16-year-old kid like an adult and be like, here, go away for the weekend, have sex, have fun, do whatever. Right. No, you're 15 or 16 that shit ain't happening. Right. I mean, that could just be right. me. I'm gonna send you to your Abelita's
0: house yes. if I need to keep you safe. Yes. I'm not sending you on a romantic getaway. No. With a teenage boy. Oh, and by the way, invite invite your friend and her boyfriend, too, so you can just make it a whole fucking orgy. Yeah, no. I'm I'm sorry. I did not agree with that. That part pissed me off. Well, it pissed me off until I, like, heard his reasoning and then I was like, okay, I get it. He wants her out of town. Which is fine, but don't send her away with her boyfriend. Yeah. I mean, no. no. I mean, like, okay, so I know, like, the writers needed to get the four of them isolated and on their own so they could deal with, like, their, their shit.
1: hmm
0: But... I don't think the, they the did premise, that in a very good way. Yeah, the premise was bonkers. I mean, like, okay, so in the OG 90210, I remember thinking it was super weird that the kids went on their, like, senior camping trip, again with the camping, without any...
1: Um, Uh, Chaperones.
0: Chaperones. Thank you. Without any adults. Like, I was like, that's not real...
1: I mean, and, it, and, and they and were seniors, they were 18. Yeah, the, it's setting a promise for kids thinking that, oh, when I get to 15 or 16, it's okay to do this, it's okay right. to act like this, people, like, this is what's going to happen. No, it's not. Yeah. You are never going to go away anywhere overnight without some sort of chaperone, especially with your boyfriend, ain't going to happen. Yeah. Most people, most parents are mm-hmm. not going to do that. Yeah, no.
0: I mean, they are never good parents on this show, but, like, that was way bad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, they, they, it's like they forget the age of these kids constantly. They mm-hmm. think that they're adults. They think they're in college or something because even the kids act like they have these very adult relationships and it's like,
1: dude, you're, you're not like this is that's not how No. Right. You like if they were in college, I would be yeah. we would be having a completely different conversation but because they are based as 15, 16, 17 year old what? kids in high school, kids, kids, actual children, Chil- honey, you are not an adult until you're 18 years old. I don't care who the hell you think you are right if you're not able to vote you're a kid you're a baby because your brain doesn't process like an adult's does Mm -hmm. so you are no right well you're all horny teenagers
0: that that doesn't make it right right so anyway he says he's allowing them to use his fuck cabin because it's actually a safe house and he doesn't want Veronica around the mobsters. And, like, I have an idea. Maybe don't be in the mob if you don't want your kid around mobsters. Like, you've already gone to prison for your bullshit. Do what you can to get out. To get out. Mm-hmm. If you have to, like, live like a normal family in a normal house because you have a normal job, so fucking be it. Yeah. If, if it's, like, you can have all the pearl necklaces you want... And potentially get murdered, or you can like live like your friend Betty. Live like Betty! It's not too bad. Yeah. Um, okay so at at the jones trailer jughead is he picks up some classifieds that fps circled and crossed out and okay so if you're part of the target demographic for the show and are curious at what this antique item is that jughead is looking at (laughs) it's how we bought and sold stuff to strangers before craigslist and facebook buy sell trade groups Mm -hmm. so like you could find rental listings job openings pet for sales an old boat if that's your jam just in the newspaper Um, then came the internet, and I don't think I've seen a legit classifieds paper in, like, over a decade. Mm -mm. Like, I think in college we would look at the newspaper online Mm -hmm. for, like, rental listings in the classifieds, but print media is, is not what it once was anymore. No, it's going away very, very fast. And, uh, for somebody whose degree is in journalism, (laughs) it's not great. (laughs) I mean, granted, I think I'm, I'm pretty much stuck where I am at, at our job now, but, like... I like my job. I... I... I like this job much more than I have any other, and I like the people that I work with, for the most part. Um, I don't want to, like, kill myself every day, which, when I worked at a very big cell phone company five years before getting this job I oh my god like my stress was insane
1: did you just work good
0: yeah I'm gonna cut that out but yes <laughs> I knew I have seen you there um I worked at this one yeah for like two years and so you
1: knew Abby Joe? no or David I knew David David Rivera
0: yeah um and but so I worked here until like summer of 09, and then I worked at a store in Abilene for like six months and then I worked in Austin for three years at a store there and then when we moved back I I couldn't get in here. I commuted to Fort Worth every day for oh a God. year. Yeah. Um, to the, the store on Camp Bowie and it was awful. It was absolutely awful. And then they um they called us into um, the manager's office one morning, one Thursday morning, and told us... So it was, like, June, and they told us um, as of January 1st we, we wouldn't have... That job wouldn't exist anymore.
1: It was Hawk Electronics, wasn't it, on Camp Bowie? No. No? No, no it was, I, I worked for corporate. Oh, okay. Um, but they, uh...
0: They told us that... Um... So my job was a finance rep. So I did, like, all the reportings. I was in charge of all the inventory and stuff and I was like I was not a manager because I was hourly but I was not sales like I was I was in between Uh um and they just decided that because we weren't sales and we weren't bringing revenue in that we just didn't need to exist anymore so we could either move into sales or get the fuck out Mm -hmm. so then I started working here (laughs) um which is much better anyway so took a little bit of a pay, pay cut, but it was fine. But I wasn't driving forward every day, so it actually actually came out ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know where we're going with that. <laughs> I was going to go ahead and go grab something to eat. Okay. If, the, if that's okay. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. okay. All right. Bye. Thank, Thank you so um, much for,
1: for, no for doing this part. Thank you. <laughs> I always enjoy doing these. I'm not going to
0: It's so fun. It is fun. Okay, so Ashley's gone, but we're gonna we're gonna carry on through recaps for as as long as I can until I have to go back into work. Uh, but she was hungry, so she had to go get her some food. Um, okay, so Hiram says that Andre is gonna be there, whether Veronica likes it or not. She is not gonna like it um, at the Jones residence. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Jughead's looking at classifieds, and um, anyway, FP has apparently been looking for a place to move since the entire trailer park is getting evicted. And Jack Head, the boy who was a literal transient last season, like mere months ago in the timeline of the show, does not approve of the listings FPS circled. He says, Dad, there's living on the wrong side of the tracks and then there's living directly on the tracks. So there's a the worse part of Riverdale than the trailer park or the janitor's closet of the high school. I mean... of being snobby here fp is like i'm a soda jerk at pops jughead we won't exactly be moving into the pembroke but jughead doesn't think they should have to move at all he just has to figure out what hiram's up to because whatever it is it's big and bad and if he can bust him for it then they won't lose their house Um, so Moose is back at school. I love a good Moose episode. Um, Kevin invites him to go see what he calls this coming of age and coming out story, which is is a reference to Love, Simon, which is a Greg Berlanti joint. So that's why they're mentioning it here. But Moose says he's going with Midge because, hello, Kevin, you told him in season one, episode two, to stick to girls. But, you can come, Kevin. Midge knows all about us and she's cool with it. And Kevin's like, uh, polyamory? no thanks. He gets creeped out and says that he's going to pass because it's all a little too big love for him. So, Kevin, you hooked up with Moose and the pilot, decided he wasn't gay enough, so you told him to stick with girls. Moose continues to date Midge, the girl. Then you ask him out, expecting him to cheat on his girlfriend with you. But then when he offers going on a three-way date so that you and him can date without him cheating, you get creeped out? We need to talk, my man. You're both not in the right here in this situation. Anyway... Cabin says no thanks, and as Moose uh, leaves the conversation and moves into the student lounge, so does the camera, and I really like that transition, that was, that was actually pretty cool. Uh, Veronica is telling Betty and Jughead about the cabin that uh, Hiram mentioned, and Betty is all for it. She asks Mr. Sudden, you know, all of a sudden resident snob if he could bear it, and he says as long as it's okay with Veronica's dad, cue the dueling banjos. Oh, (laughs) Chuck, you you were such a snobby little shit for somebody who was literally homeless. Um, Cheryl comes in and she tries to invite herself into the romantic weekend, but Veronica turns her down and Cheryl doesn't act like a bitch about it yet. Hmm. First I was like, well, that's weird, but oh, they're going to pay for it. So, Betty steals Jughead away into the blue and gold office where they don't actually work anymore because they're supposed to be suspended from the paper. And she's like, okay, I'm so glad you're down for coming this weekend, but why the enthusiasm? He looks so damn giddy to tell her that he's going to use Veronica for Intel for his article. Like, he's so happy to tell her that. And she's like, okay, one that's my best friend, so I don't fucking think so. And two, since Chick killed that guy in our house, he's been super annoying. I need a, this weekend to clear my thoughts. So Jughead agrees to be chill and not shake down Veronica. And they have a very cute little cuddle that made me swoon because I'm such a freaking schmuck. Um, We get an exterior shot of the Cooper house that isn't ominous at all. Um, and Betty's packing while Jughead waits downstairs, then out of nowhere, Chick is just standing there like a fucking weirdo. Like he just apparates in the middle of the hallway. Um, Jughead about pisses himself. And then for the first time in his life, he's not the weird quiet one in the conversation. He's being super cool. And Chick is being so weird and gloomy that he makes Jughead look like freaking Pop Tate with how friendly he is in comparison. Like it's weird. Um, chick then threatens to hurt betty and alice if jughead tells anyone about you know how he like killed a guy right there <laughs> so whew, very creepy scene then we cut to a cadillac commercial as our core four pull up to the lodge the lodge lodge which i thought was going to be a really funny joke for me to say until veronica says the same thing when they get inside but eh. jughead calls it um really the last house on the left and then him and the girls go inside, leaving poor Archie to carry all of their bags, when like, okay, Andre, I know you, Veronica told you to leave, but you could have helped him with the bags inside, especially since, like, Jughead just took off. And, like, girls, you can carry your own bag, too. It's the 90s, after all. So they they go inside, and, oh, and we see that Andre's packing heat. We get so many Chekhov's guns in this episode, but that one was, like, literally Chekhov's gun. It's, I mean, I don't think it was actually, like, the one he owned, but it wasn't a gun. So, you know, if you see a gun in the first act, it's going to have to go off by, by the, by the second act. Um, anyway, Archie is so in over his head in all of this mess, but once they're inside and looking around like Veronica's called this place rustic and it's a damn mansion in the woods. Like it's, it's just a mansion made out of wood. That's all. Uh, but Jughead gets a phone call from Cheryl and she calls him a wilfer baby and is like, oh, I just wanted you to know that Betty and Archie kissed right in front of my house around Christmas and it looked pretty serious. Like with tongue serious. Anyway, have fun on your romantic weekend. Bye. Holy shit. (laughs) Like, we knew that she was, she was not going to let this secret die. She was going to hold on to it, but fucking A. Um, that's what they get for not inviting her, I guess. Um, or at least not letting, giving her the chance to turn them down. God, I love her character. So the rest of the gang comes out to the porch where Jughead is and asks if everything's okay. And he doesn't bury the lead. He's like, it was Cheryl. He said, she said that you kissed in front of her house and they just stare blankly at him. And then of course we get Riverdale, title card. So we're back from commercial and we get our first glimpse of Tony as Tony exits the stall and confronts Cheryl about being shitty for no reason. And oh my God, she, Cheryl captures my little black heart when she says, oh right, you're new here. I'm Cheryl Blossom, AKA Cherry Bombshell. I don't have a reason to meddle. I simply am. Feel free to, feel free to tremble. But Tony doesn't scare easily though. She just goes in and grabs Cheryl's arm and says, why don't you tell me what's wrong? Because you're obviously in pain. Oh man. And Cheryl, who I think felt a spark there, breaks out and tells her to get her sapphic serpent hands off her body. And then later at Lodge Lodge Archie and Veronica wonder if Betty and Jughead will break up over the Barchie kiss and it would be like the 12th time this year. a uh, rude Archie not cool. Veronica thanks Archie for being honest and upfront and says it's what makes them stronger. It's them against the world. So then she rewards him with some sexy time. So in the bedroom next door, sad Jughead is picking drawers and Betty just wants to talk about it already. So he's like, okay, Jughead isn't mad about, mad that the kiss happened. He, just like the rest of us, wants to know why she didn't say something when he was honest with her about Tony. And he says, is it because Archie is my third rail? And I had to look that up. I didn't know what that meant. And I'm like, I'm pretty politically active, so I'm kind of embarrassed that I didn't know that. But if, in case any of you guys are as illiterate as me, um, according to Google, a third rail is a political metaphor for any issue so controversial that it is charged and untouchable to the extent that any politician or public official who dares broach the subject will invariably suffer politically. And he says it's true. Archie is Jughead's third rail, But he's not intimidated by a Black prompted kiss. Thank fucking God I was not going to be able to live if that kiss, like, ruined everything. Because it was stupid and awkward and was not worthy of ruining these kids' relationships, even though they're kids. And it absolutely would have if, you know, this were real life. But then, as they're making up, they hear the mattress squeak from Veronica and Archie's room, and Jughead thinks it's hilarious. And Betty's like, "Oh my God, seriously? Can I just have a conversation." Oh, I loved it. So anyway, after sexy time is over, Betty and Jughead come downstairs to find Archie and Veronica drinking water because they must be parched. <laughs> they all they all look worried, but everything is fine. Jughead says it's okay. So Veronica decides to make her famous jalapeno margaritas, which to me sounds disgusting, but as you heard, Ashley thinks they sound really good. I'm all for margarita, any, you know, almost any kind of margarita, but not jalapeno also friendly reminder again that they're sophomores in high school they should not have their own patented margarita recipes <sighs> jughead proposes a toast to the lodges for their hospitality it's putting the past behind them jughead starts to ask pointed questions to Veronica about Hiram and Betty can tell what he's up to So she tries to change the subject, but he keeps steering it back into the direction he needs for his article. And Archie can tell something's up, too, because he's Hiram's right-hand man and whatever. And as Betty chastises Jughead... And Veronica, who I think might be a little buzzed at this point, leans in (laughs) to Archie and says, uh, toxic twin alert. I thought everything was kosher in the town of Bughead. And normally I love when the show references the dumb ship names the internet gives them in real life. It's usually super fun. It's going to get a little tired here in a minute. Veronica's antidote to what she thinks the tension is about is clothes off, swimsuits on, hot tub time. And this is what we have been waiting for, folks. She then monologues her feelings about the aftermath of the Barchi kiss, and she says that to make things fair, she and Jughead should kiss and which is perfect teen logic. Like that is absolutely something a teenager would think is smart when it's not, it's only going to ruin everybody's relationship. It's always a bad idea. So kids, if you're listening to this and you think that that's smart, no, don't do it. It's not a good idea, but Betty is annoyed And Archie thinks she's nuts. Jughead is delighted, though. (laughs) He isn't just into it. He fucking campaigns for it. And Betty's like, oh, I thought you weren't mad, huh? (laughs) He's like, yeah, no, we're doing this. Um, He's like, no, 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 I'm not mad. He makes some lame excuse how a Vughead kiss would level the playing field so future Jughead couldn't use it against future Betty. And a Vughead kiss right now in the present might be what it takes to save future Bughead from uprooting. Okay. I thought it was fun when they use the ship names but now it's old. <laughs> this is when it got too old. So Veronica gets up tells Jughead to kiss to trust her and they have a very nice soap opera closed mouth kiss Archie is incredulous and like wanting to crawl out of his own skin and probably shitting his trunks a little bit but I think Betty is super horny (laughs) she is like getting off on this she licks her margarita glass and has her knee all up and like like I told Ashley like I thought she was about to rub one out right there in the (laughs) I was like yes (laughs) as Kevin would say this is riveting. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> um, and not that I like want to watch Teenagers masturbate. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not a creep, but I just, I love how Betty is so weird. <laughs> she is, she is just dances to a beat of her own drum and it's not the drum that you think. All right, I got to get back into work, but I'll come, I'll come back. You won't, you shouldn't notice any big pauses, but I'll be back in a few minutes. Bye. Yeah. Okay, I'm back. So after commercial Jughead is chilling on the bed reading a book when Betty comes in presumably from the shower because like it's not like her hair got wet but she's all covered in like robes and towels and stuff but she comments that out of the four of them the only ones that haven't kissed are Archie and Jughead to which he's like fascinating and I'm not gonna lie I'd watch it and then he's like wait what you and Veronica Duh! The pilot! Where have you been, Juggy? So she goes behind this, like, weird sliding barn door thing to change and while she's changing clothes, she tries to get him to admit that kissing Veronica felt good, but he knows entrapment when he sees it. Then the barn door slides open and holy shit, it's dark Betty. She says she might need to punish Jughead for enjoying the kiss with Veronica and and he says, oh, how are you gonna do that? And she says she parked her dark Betty ensemble in case he needed a distraction from his sleuthing. Well, consider him distracted. And I don't think that's a punishment. <laughs> like, I don't know. Maybe she's just going to spank her. I don't know. I don't know what they're into. Kind of got an idea, but <laughs> they're so crazy. Okay. So smash cut to Archie doing push-ups in a style that I can only describe as sexually frustrated. Like at first I was like, oh my God, is he literally pumping Veronica right now? Oh, nope. He's doing push-ups. Okay. <laughs> So Veronica, who's on the bed, is like, I'm all in for a good floor show, but if this is your way of of proving your masculinity after I kiss Jughead, he's like, no, I'm just getting my daily workout in. God. She tries to, like, seduce him, saying that there are other ways to work out, but he pulls in, I'm actually really tired, (laughs) and she's like, you cannot be serious. You're a teenage boy, and I am a girl willing to give it up. this is not happening but then the bed frame from Betty and Jughead's room starts squeaking yes (laughs) this time it's Veronica who is delighted and Archie is grossed out and I just oh god I loved it like that's it's perfect (laughs) so the next morning Veronica brings her coffee mug out to this like amazing balcony at her um her rustic (laughs) lake house and she watches Archie literally chop wood in the forest oh my god so many euphemisms such little time she sees him like check his phone and then he walks off into the woods so she's like oh I don't think so she grabs an umbrella and follows him so it's normal (laughs) and there she catches him talking with Andre who is very much present when she thinks he's back in Riverdale and Archie just blabs the whole plan to her, which honestly is the right thing to do, but she's pissed anyway and lays down the fucking law to Andre. You're gonna call my dad and tell him that your cover's blown because you're a terrible spy, which you can tell really hurts Andre's feelings. Poor couple. She's like, and then you're gonna leave, go. So he puts his hands up in submission, like don't shoot and leaves. And Archie tries to reason with her, but she's like, oh, I'm not even fucking with you right now. I'm taking Betty into town to go shopping and you can entertain Jughead. Oh, and don't choke on your own testosterone. Yas, queen. Oh my god. I love Hell Hath No Fury Veronica. Like, she continually surprises me with how confident she is, but damn, when she channels her anger into it, it's delicious. Love it. Back in Riverdale, Josie walks in on her mom and Sheriff Keller flirting, and I guess, like, so Josie's known about the affair, um, but, and she's like, Mom, can you not do that here? Like, I feel bad because Dad doesn't know, but apparently Josie's dad does know about the affair, and he and her mom were going to wait until Josie graduated high school before going through, through with the divorce. Um, Keller's wife doesn't know because she's still overseas. And I was like, um, they have Skype and phones overseas (laughs) and neither does Kevin. And you need to respect that, Josie. To which Josie is just incredulous. Respect? And really, Sierra McCoy is definitely not the expert on respect. Like, Josie is not wrong when she's like, uh, that's funny coming from you. So back in the woods, brooding Archie, and I just got laid. I'm so happy Jughead are sitting on boulders, drinking out of a canteen in in the woods. And Jughead asked Archie if he knew that Betty and Veronica kissed. And Archie is like, what? why and Jughead says yeah in the pilot I know right (laughs) Jughead is all of us when he's like I don't really know why Betty tried to explain it to me but the rationale escapes me yeah it escapes all of us bro so (laughs) Archie says that he's really sorry for kissing Betty but Jughead says it's all complicated they're all in a powder keg and giving off sparks I really need you tonight Okay, that that didn't happen. But it'd be a lot cooler if it did. But anyway, he says that they're in a powder keg and one lit match and they're all going to explode. At Pops, Kevin's super excited that Josie wants to meet him because he's directing the school musical and he wants it to be a star vehicle for Josie. She's not sure he's going to still want that after she tells him about their parents. So... Cut to the Sheriff's Station, where Kevin confronts his dad. Great scene between the Keller men. Kevin says that he spent his whole life trying to measure up to Tom's standards, but it's all crap, and then he storms out. Oh, God, I love it. I love these two. Like, I love a good Keller man scene, like, men scene. (laughs) I like when when Sheriff Keller and, and Kevin are together. I really like seeing their familial relationship. It's good. And I know that we're, like, supposed to sympathize with Tom and Sierra's love for each other and whatever, but fuck that. Cheating on your spouse is wrong. The end. So then Betty and Veronica are at some store in town, in the town of, like, wherever they are, and you'll notice that Betty's hair is down, which means that she is letting herself be very vulnerable this trip. She is, she is actually letting her hair down. (laughs) Like, (laughs) she's literally doing that. Um, so I'm proud of her. But Veronica asks uh, how long Betty and Jughead have been smashing, and she's like, since your confirmation V." So Veronica says, well, as my abuelita would say, praise Jesus. And then she gives super sexy eyes to a cashier who, like, I'm sure he's attractive in real life, but compared to Archie or any other guy in the show for that matter, he's a four at best. (laughs) He, um, he kind of flirts back and he's like, oh, I know you. I've seen you in the summer you're usually with your folks and the idiot says oh not this time it's just us just us kids that's how you get murdered you dumbass but he says his name is Cassidy which oh, I'm stupid Betty tells her to stop flirting you're not broken up with Archie you just got in a fight um, but this guy's been named so he'll be back mark my words and I don't just mean like at the end of this episode I mean in the plot like he'll come back um outside Veronica asks how things are with Betty and Jughead and Betty says things are nice they're actually really nice The But Veronica doesn't buy it because nice isn't what she heard through the wall last night. Somebody comes clean. She's like, you remember that outfit that I wore with Chuck in the hot tub? And Veronica's like, oh my God. And then they just like giggle about it. Like it's totally normal to just pack your bondage outfit when you're 15, 16, I guess. I don't know. Betty drives, so she's probably 16 back at the cabin, the boys are just like sitting at a table and just existing, I guess just staring until the girls get back. And Veronica makes Archie promise that from now on, it's just you and me, okay? Not you and my dad. But like, if he doesn't do what your dad says, Veronica, he could wind up swimming with the fishes. Like, you're, you're asking him to risk his life by not doing what your dad asks. Jughead's phone rings which it rings again so we now know that that's like an omen every time his phone rings but this time it's his dad so he goes outside to hear to hear FP better even though all of the noise is coming from FP's side like it's all coming from his phone but whatever. There there is a party at his and Jughead's trailer because all of the back rent has been paid. Jughead's like, how did that happen? And FP's like, it's because of you. You did this. You shamed him into it. And Jughead asks, who paid it? As if he doesn't already know. But of course FP is talking about Hiram. And he says, Hiram! Hiram Lodge! just like Marvin Berry at the end of Back to the Future. (laughs) I really want to be like, this is your cousin, FP Lodge. It's, It's stupid, but apparently Hiram bought the entire trailer park and said everyone can stay. And Jughead knows that this will not come without a price and stares at Veronica just incredulously through a window. And you know what? We went almost a whole episode without constipated Jughead face pretty crazy. After commercial, the other three once again go outside to see what Jughead's revelatory phone call is about, and he jumps Veronica's ass for her father's actions. Archie's like, so Hiram's evicting the trailer park? He says, well, no, technically he's paid for us to stay. And he's like, so you get to keep your trailer then? Yes, but Jughead is outraged because he knows it's just a tactic and Veronica's like how narcissistic are you and Betty gives her a side eye like bitch that's my man don't you say that to him and Archie tries to take Hiram's side because Jughead did after all write an article attacking Hiram demanding that he make amends and that sounds like what he's trying to do Betty's he's like man, they have a point there Jughead scoffs and Archie says look Jug I know you love conspiracies but take the win bro let's sell it So Jughead can't argue with that. Back in Riverdale, the McCoy ladies have a nice mother-daughter fight about Josie spilling the beans to Kevin, and look, there was no way any of this was going to go down without any drama, so they both just need to take their licks from each other, like, Sierra, you made your fuck bed, now you'll have to lie in it, and Josie, you told Kevin knowing it would damage his relationship with his father, but ultimately, had you not told him and he found out that you knew, you were going to have to pay consequences for keeping it from him, so... you were put in a very precarious place and it's not your fault, but you're also going to have to deal with the consequences of telling Kevin when it, you know, wasn't really your place. His dad should have told him. I don't know. That's so complicated. Just don't cheat. Just don't cheat on your husband or wife. It makes things a lot easier. If if you feel compelled to cheat, you need to go to, like, couples therapy, you need to talk to your spouse, and maybe you need to get a divorce, you know? Leave the relationship before you wreck it and wreck your children. I don't know. Anyway. Speaking of Kevin, he's enjoying a cheeseburger and strawberry shake when Moose and Midge come in arm-in-arm, and And Midge invites Kevin to sit with them, and then she drills him for details on who he's going to the movies with, and he says, oh, I'm just going to this gay rom-com alone, but she's not going to have it. She wants to hook him up with maybe that gay serpent, and Kevin says he's not sure he can date someone named Fangs, and (laughs) Moose says, I don't know, he's a pretty good-looking dude i just like, oh, what do you know, you big lug? So apparently she, in fact, does not know about Moose and Kevin. God, poor Kevin. How awful and awkward. Like, he doesn't blow Moose's cover, though, when he absolutely could have. And... I, I really feel for him. Also, (laughs) Midge is like, how did you guys meet? And there's this long pause where Moose is just tripping over his words and tripping over his words and tripping over his words. And how did you guys become friends? Huh? 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 And Kevin's just like smiling at Moose like, you tell him, tell her, tell her, tell her. Go ahead. Go ahead. I dare you. And then finally Kevin bails him out and he's like, biology. We were lab partners. So he, he protects Moose, which was nice because if Moose isn't ready to come out, he's not ready to come out. But he did cheat on his girlfriend and he should have to pay the consequences for that too. Just saying. So cut to this little house where a car pulls up and Cheryl watches as her mother greets a gentleman outside. And I'm not sure if this was Hal or just another John because the lighting is so freaking dark on all of these CW shows. But anyway... I think it was just I think it was just a rando guy because um, I feel like if Hal if it was Hal they would have had to have paid Lachlan Monroe and he didn't have any lines or anything so I, I doubt that they actually brought him on set for just a one very weird scene um, cut to the Bijou where Josie runs into Kevin and she apologizes for telling him when it wasn't her place to do that he accepts her apology and they're chummy again Cheryl has apparently escaped the brothel that is her house to come to the movies when. And Tony strides up behind her. Tony was supposed to come with things, but he bailed on her. So she asked Cheryl how she is and Cheryl's like, I'm alone at the movies and I'm trying to stay away from my house that my mother has turned into her sexual playpen. So no, I'm not okay. Tony offers to sit with her during the movie. So they're not alone. And then we get this like 20 second clip of the movie that they're unabashedly pushing super hard. I really do want to see Love, Simon, but this was, this was a bit much. I, I just, I don't know. It was, I hate integrated marketing. I really do. Um, but this was, I don't know. It's fine. I, it works with the plot, so I guess it's okay. Back at the cabin, the core four are all playing Monopoly, which is really pretty cute. <laughs> Betty, Betty's phone rings. She's like, it's my mom. Should I answer it? And everyone's like, no. <laughs> No. You're a teenager and you're away from your parents for the weekend. Don't answer it. You don't have to. But she does because she should. And she takes it anyway because what if it's about Chick? So what if it is about Chick? Like, don't let him ruin your weekend. That's why you're up here in the first place, Betty. That's just my advice. But she goes away and she answers her phone and Veronica ponders when they're going to meet Chick. So Jughead tells her and Archie about the, his weird ass introduction to Betty's brother from earlier in the episode. And he's like, I don't know. I got a really creepy vibe from him as we all have. Betty comes back in and she's clearly upset. She's like, guys, what's wrong, Betty? And she says, my mom is freaking out because Hiram Lodge just bought the Riverdale Register. Yep. What does John Mayer say when you own the information, you can bend it all you want? Yep. There you go. He's shutting down the free press. Sorry. Journalism major and liberals. <laughs> I'm I am super not okay with that. Uh, with the him buying the one newspaper in town. It's kind of sketchy. And hey, remember that Chekhov gun of the powder keg they mentioned earlier? Well, here's the lit match our squad gets in a massive fight and I loved it. I watched it like three times. I'm I'm not going to recap the whole thing because that would take forever and I've got to go pick up my kid in a second, but suffice it to say that Veronica doesn't get what the big deal is. Betty thinks Veronica knew about it and that's why they were invited away from Riverdale for the weekend and Jughead calls Archie a kiss-ass and stupid and oh my god it was beautiful when he said that. So (laughs) they continue tossing and insults until glass breaks and a whole crew of guys wearing black hoods come storming in so there's the other Chekhov's gun it's obviously Cassidy the cashier bro and some lame ass friends the one that is clearly cashier Cassidy asks Veronica where her purse is she says it's upstairs and Archie is like um no you are not going alone up there to be raped are you fucking kidding me but she knows that there's a silent alarm up there. And at first I was like, this bitch does not listen to my favorite murder because she is just like not at all knowing how to stay sexy and not get murdered. Also, they're all in the forest and that's like a first rule, stay out of the forest. Anyway, she agrees to take the burglar upstairs to get her purse. And that's when we see that behind the nightstand, there's a silent alarm. So she pushes that while she gets her wallet out and gives it to the bad guy. And she's like you think I don't recognize you from the store and he tells her to shut up and doesn't rape her so that's nice. Uh, Once Veronica is delivered back to her friends the other bad guys want to leave but cashier boy wants one more thing he orders everyone onto their knees and gets a baseball bat and Archie starts to have PTSD flashbacks of when the black hood held a gun up to his head when he was on his knees. And I mean, how could he not? That, like, that's that gotta be such a scary situation to be in. And Cassidy is about to just take a baseball bat to the, he acts like he's going to tear shit up, but he, he raises it up to hit the log coffee table as if that's going to do any fucking damage it's a log it's not gonna do anything (laughs) it's stupid but then the phone starts ringing the old-timey phone from like 1954 starts ringing and Veronica in her patented overconfidence says oh that would just be the security company from the silent alarm I pressed I'd say you hillbillies have about 30 seconds to get out of here before the cops start shooting and asking questions never So the unnamed bad guys take off, but cashier boy pulls the ultimate crime of ripping Veronica's locket off her neck before bolting. And Archie is like, fuck that. I sold like four Christmas trees to buy that locket. So he takes off after them. And I was like, no, 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 knowing that they are never going to kill Archie off. But like, oh my God, (laughs) it was still super intense. He catches up with the guy in the woods and he rips that black hood off. Like you tell he got a lot of satisfaction from that. And he's just about to pummel this guy's face when Andre, the capo, shows up like Edward fucking Cullen and takes over. He tells Archie to leave. So as Archie runs back to the cabin, he hears a gunshot ring out. Oh, shit. We think Andre shot this kid. So after commercial... Josie and Kevin meet with their respective mom and dad to have a talk and it's very nice and they're like, we're going to figure this out and we're going to figure it out now. Communication is key in every relationship. I've said it before. I'll say it again. That's perfect. Great job guys. Tony and Cheryl steal the show, though. They totally steal the scene. Cheryl says, everyone thinks that she's a loveless monster, but there used to be someone she loved who and who loved her, but my mother squashed it. And Tony's like, "Uh, you mean your brother, Jason? Yeah, I heard the twin-cest rumors. Yeesh. <laughs> Cheryl's like, no, not JJ. Her name was Heather. And Tony grabs her hand and tells her that her mother is wrong. She's not deviant. She's sensational. Yes! <laughs> I love it! Um,. And then we get like the longest pan out from a window ever as our core four sitting in their booth at Pops. And Veronica says, she thanks God that Andre didn't leave when she told him to. And thank God Archie didn't catch up with that hillbilly in the woods because he could have killed you, Archie. And like, yeah, he had an ax. He very well could have killed you, Archie. Awkward. Archie doesn't say anything, but he puts his and Veronica's hands in the center of the table, and Jughead and Betty put theirs on top, and with their powers combined, Captain Planet! Just kidding. Archie didn't tell them what happened, but he did tell Hiram. So we see him in Hiram's study, and Hiram wants to know if Andre shooting the stupid kid bothered him. And Archie doesn't answer, but, you know, we can tell. Like, yeah, (laughs) yeah. I was complicit in the end of a life, even if it was one that was threatening me and the ones I love. Archie tells Hiram about the night that they caught the Black Hood and how he hesitated from shooting him because he has a fucking conscience. And Hiram tells this sweet, sweet, impressionable little boy that when it comes to protecting your family and loved ones, you never hesitate. And that's that's where I, I drop it. I cannot get on board with Archie, with an, a version of Archie who would shoot someone. I just can't. So like, Harm's got to go. <laughs> I love Mark Consuelos. He is perfectly casted for this role. He does a bang up job and it's, it's super interesting. It, it definitely brings some character to this, this season versus last season, but I cannot, I'm not going to let him totally ruin Archie. Like that's, that's not okay. At, at this point, like I was like, okay, Archie's going to figure out a way to get out of the mob. He's going to figure it out. He's going to figure it out. But at this point I was like, nope, fuck you, Hiram. Jughead delivers Betty back home and tells her to be careful because he got a really weird vibe from Chick earlier, as if Chick's not listening from around the corner at the top of the stairs. Are you kidding me? But Betty agrees to be careful and sends Jughead off with a kiss, and it's cute, but, and then, and then, so, like, we get the closing out narration, and the Jugdub says that they've come full circle to just a girl who is far from the sweet and far from the safe. Whatever the fuck that means. And then zzz,
1: zzz,
0: Riverdale. And okay, so we did segments at the top of this episode with Ashley. So that's pretty much it. That's all I've got to say. It was a really good episode. Um, I feel certain that the, the one next week won't be as good because there's no way they're going to turn out four in a row that are like epically awesome. So, I bet I bet next week is takes a little dip, but maybe not. Maybe they will um maybe they'll surprise us. But all right, friends. I think that's it for this week. We'll be back next week with a recap of chapter 28 There Will Be Blood again. I'm not sure if it'll be good, but we'll find out. Um, it sounds like Archie snitched and I'm guessing it's on Andre, but we'll see. So there probably won't be a season one recap because I'm going on a mini mini vacation with my hubby for our anniversary and I am forcing myself to not spend any of my energy on outside projects other than just having fun with him. So sorry, but I will be back with a recap of Le Grande Illusion sometime. It, it just might be in two weeks instead of next week. Cause I just, I'm probably not going to have time this weekend to watch it and, you know, spend four hours taking notes. Um, In the meantime, don't forget to subscribe, rate, review. That helps other adult Riverdale fans find us and join our safe space where we can talk about all sides of the show without having to worry about crazy shippers giving us death threats for not agreeing with them or holding their particular relationship with such esteem as if it were, like, a religion because people are fucking crazy. That's not what we're about. If you want to reach out to me on Twitter, you can find me at Sharibi. You can find Ashley at... Ash John 13, that's A-S-H-J-O-H-N 13. And it in mine is spelled C-H-E-R-I-E-B-E-E, And on Instagram, um, you can find me lightly stalking the entire cast and Kevin's fake account that's run by the internet the CW. <laughs> you can find me at Cherie04, and that's C-H-E-R-I-E-E-04. Um, You can find Ashley at ashjohn86 on Instagram, I think. You can always email me at Riverdale at gmail.com if you think you've curated a better Blossom Burn or an Archie moment because you have, like, an actual knowledge of the comics. (laughs) I'm just going off of what I remember from, like, 25 years ago. But I'm always happy to chat about Riverdale, so hit me up. Until next week, TTFN, gang!
1: We'll make the winter springtime And jingle jangle time, Right on to the summer and the fall So darling, don't be weeping And please don't you be sleeping When I come creeping down the hall